the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good morning, my dear friends, to all our dear audience on KNUS 710 AM or via podcast. I welcome all of you. This morning, we shall interact first by waking up, praising God. If you're sad, allow God to put a joy, a smile on your face. If you're married, give a good and warm greeting to your wife or to your husband. Give a good warm morning hug or welcome to your children and to all those who live with you. And do me a favor. It's okay to turn on your radio at 9.30 a.m. on Sunday morning and contact friend so they can join in as well. Next, of course, let us warm up the day by being nice to each other and by being nice to the Lord. This is Father Andre, and good Holy Sunday morning with God. Praise be the most holy name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. My dearly beloved friends, um, we give thanksgiving for salvation and victory in Jesus Christ. It's been amazing to see uh, how in Christianity, from um, early December, as a matter of fact, Christ the King, and uh, to the time of the preparation for the celebration of Christmas, we call it Advent. In the East, we call it the time of annunciations or the time of the announcements. Of course, with this comes the Christmas on December 25th, then we live with the 12 days of Christmas. And at the end of the 12 days of Christmas, we celebrate the epiphany of our Lord, as we spoke before. And after that, we live in a season of epiphany, um, at least in the East, in which we commemorate and we celebrate uh, wonderful uh, stories from uh, the public life of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, as in the Gospel, um, the Gospels of Jesus and John the Baptist, for instance, uh, um, how Jesus uh, went to the Jordan River, how he was baptized, and uh, how the Father sounded from heaven, how the uh, dove appeared in a boldly form from heaven, while the Father sounded from heaven, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And um, then when the Pharisees will come to ask John the Baptist and ask Jesus, and then John the Baptist talking to his disciples, telling them, this is the Lamb of God, go and follow him. Jesus meeting the first two disciples, you know, John the Beloved and Andrew, the brother of Peter, as a matter of fact, um, many Gospels, even when John goes and sends his own emissaries and tells them, go ask Jesus, is he the one? Is he the one? Well, of course, Jesus is the one. Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is the Savior of the world and the Anointed One. Today, we want to pray together for peace in Ukraine, for peace in Russia, um, for peace in Lebanon. We want to pray um, for the United States, you know, many planes, multiple planes were grounded this week. We have snowstorms in many places in the United States. Um, there is some inflation issues. And of course, in our political world, we thank God um, we have public officials now in all the offices of the land. Uh, I think at least on a high level, uh, they have been filled. Uh, we pray for accord. We pray for unity. 
and we pray for all of them to do the will of God. And the will of God is always a source of life for everyone. The will of God does not divide. The will of God does not kill people. You know, the will of God um, does not, um, and somehow I know some people would be thinking, kill people. Yeah, look at the Bible. No, 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 no. God is after sinner, not after sinners. Um, God abolishes sins. Um, and sins by that mean uh, that they are irredeemable things when the human will enter into some type of a, a diabolic contract of some sort. And when people freely start killing life and denouncing God and uh, um, killing people right and left, and after many warnings that God gives and sends, whether in prophets or in kings or in incidents of the world, at the end he spoke to us in his only beloved son, as we say in the gospel. And again, these are informations, uh, not a homily, but things to consider as uh, fruits um, for our relationship with God to consider how patient was God and is God with us? And uh, how much of our free will is our own enemy versus how much of our free will is really in full obedience, consecrated to do the full will of Almighty God? We want to pray today for Lebanon and Ukraine in a special way. We want to pray for refugees in the world. I was uh, watching some of the news and seeing uh, projections of um, major possible wars that could happen because of the war in Ukraine. You know, the whole world, the NATO, um, the U.S. foreign policy, all the major European countries' foreign policies, all of them are focused on Ukraine crisis, right? But in meanwhile, there are so many other crises in the world. And it seems like one of the consequences of this war in Ukraine that uh, many other places could blow up, many other victims could die, many other areas in the world could be in, in horrible hot zones, um, very alarming, actually, situations in the world. And because the world is busy with Ukraine, they may not see what's happening in Armenia or in Lebanon or in Syria or in Iraq. Or in, uh, as a matter of fact, in Africa, in Nigeria, in many places in the world, in Kosovo, in Kosovo, and you, you have been following the news in Eastern Europe that there is something going on um, recently um, in war areas, uh, just like what was happening in the 90s. I think we have Sarajevo and Kosovo. We have to pray for them as well. There is a lot to cover on these 26 minutes. Let us first pray with Psalm 18 and give thanksgiving for, salva for salvation and victory. O God, come to my assistance. O Lord, make haste to help me. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Hallelujah. I love you, Lord. You are my strength. I love you, Lord, my strength, my rock, my fortress, my savior. My God is the rock where I take refuge, my shield, my mighty help, my stronghold. The Lord is worthy of all praise. When I call, I am saved from my foes. The waves of death rose about me. The torrents of destruction assailed me. The snares of the grave entangled me. The traps of death confronted me. In my anguish, I called to the Lord. I cried to my God for help. From his temple, he heard my voice. My cry came to his ears. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Hallelujah.
My friends, imagine how many millions of people are crying to our God for help. And we all want to hope and pray that with the fullness of trust in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that from his temple, he hears our voice. He hears our cry and uh, that our cry come to the ears of our God. Uh, Jacqueline, I want to say good Sunday morning to you. How are you doing today? I'm fine, Father. You know, um, we're coming soon to celebrate the feast day of St. Anthony the Great. St. Anthony the Great is um, on, on, celebrated on January 17th. He's a father of monasticism in the world. He's the reason we say, well, we have monks and nuns and people who left the world. And uh, they sought refuge in a desert, in a wilderness, to run away from the noise in the world, from the noise of the big cities, because it became a little bit impossible. And that was in the third century. And like mid third and fourth century, because St. Anthony the Great, between the year 270 to 370 something, he lived about 100, 105 years. But the funny part a man inspired by God runs away from the tumult that is in the world, in the big cities. He was rich, he had a lot of money, he's from high Egypt, he's like little Moses in his area. So he was a son of a pharaoh almost. I mean, there was no pharaohs in his days is after Jesus, but he was a son of a big uh, landlord. And then uh, at an early age, walking to the church, he hears the gospel being proclaimed inside the church. If you love me, go sell everything, give it to the poor, carry your cross and come and follow me. He personally felt that this voice was for him. So he goes, he sells all his properties in high Egypt in Almenia region, and today we call it Al-Sa'id area. In fact, his hometown became the headquarter of the Muslim Brotherhood in the world. The hometown of St. Anthony the Great became, uh, yeah, the capital of the Muslim Brotherhood in the world, in Almenia, in Al-Sa'id area. And about 25 kilometers from his town is uh, the village of uh, the 26 Egyptians, or uh, the 20-some Egyptians who were slaughtered by ISIS, on the seashores of the Mediterranean Sea. Uh, it's called Al-Samalut, a village of Al-Samalut. I visited them, their parents, actually, their wives, their children. Uh, I was the first priest, in fact, to go visit them immediately, less than a year after the massacre happened. Uh, I'm thankful to Peter Boyles and uh, my friends from the U.S. who encouraged me and uh, helped me, and they were with me on this trip. The key is... We have a person like St. Anthony Great being inspired. He leaves the noise of the world. Today, there is a lot of noise in the world. There is a lot of problems in a big society, in a big city. Is there a place where we can run to? Just personal question. Here in Lebanon, we have a lot of places, Father. We have the mountains. We have the old caves where the, the priests and the, the mosque, they used to live there. And we still have also mosques living there, actually. In the high mountains, uh, there isn't uh, many population yet. Uh, it's still empty, it's still peaceful, only the nature. You can actually run there and sit for like one, two days as much as you want. The, in Lebanon, we have a lot of these places, Father. And I guess uh, our Center for Blessing, yes. uh, which we have announced to the people that we're doing in Lebanon, ends up being one of these places, most likely, yes. where people could come to an oasis of peace, yes. of uh, relaxation, prayer, yes. Yes. meditation, and they can also receive help. Right? Yes. They can also benefit from food, from medication assistance. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the Center for Blessing? Because 
uh, you've been introduced to it recently and you've been following a little bit about the Center for Blessing. Yes. Uh, how do you think the Center for Blessing for the Mission of Hope MRC is going to look like in Lebanon? Uh, our center will be like a, a refugee, a, what to say, a, a shelter, a shelter for everyone in need, for everyone in need for peace, in need for medication, in need for uh, education, in need for hope. So it's a center really for hope. For hope. It's a center of hope. I People believe, can come privately, they can speak to me, they can speak to yes. you, they can speak to many of our volunteers, yes. and they can say, okay, listen, I need help. Yes. And then we save them, we save their dignity, we provide yes. them, all of it from beautiful people in the U.S., wonderful donors yes. and friends and great benefactors from the U.S. who will help us do that. I like that. It is a center for, that's why we called it the Center for, for Blessings. blessings. Yes. The Center for Blessings. Yes. And I guess people now, they need hope in Lebanon, right? They need hope a lot, Father. Well, before Ukraine, the crisis in Lebanon was almost the baby of the world, I guess, right? Yes. It's, it's one way to look at it. Like yes. many nations in the world were talking about Lebanon, 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 and the crisis in Lebanon, two million Syrian refugees. And all of a sudden, all the aid was withdrawn from Lebanon. Yes. And there was like this vacuum. Yes. And the people were left on their own. By the way, how much is a dollar today? Today, it's almost reaching 48,000. Almost reaching 48,000. Yes. Yes. We, we, have, we, we have an exchange expert with us here in the studio. He's Gerard's brother. His name is Alexi. He came to check on us uh, after the surgery. Alexi, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? You're doing great. You work with money. You work with the exchange rate. If I were to ask you, like, just how many people walk in per day uh, to exchange money? A lot. Like with all the people, the the main question: What's the rate of the dollar every day? Every day, people every just day. walk in to ask you what is the Young rate people, of people, the... old people, all the population. The main question every day: What's the rate of the dollar today? Are we talking like hundred people, and you have a small shop basically? Yes. Hundred less, hundred more. What, what, what's about hundred every day? About hundred. Yes, they have a small shop. This and is only a small shop. Imagine, yes. Father, the big shops, uh, the big exchange uh, yeah. shops. Well, I want to tell the people, the exchange shops in Lebanon are as frequent as uh, cigarette shops, I guess, yes. right? As a yes. gas station. Yes. It could be in a gas yes. station, right? Every person is an uh, exchanger now. And they exchange money. Uh, every, yeah, yeah. Every, every person now is yes. doing exchange. Yes. So yes. they yes. sell. So there is a cash culture in Lebanon now to, to make up for, I guess, what lacked in aid from outside. People are exchanging between the yes. dollar yes. and the Lebanese. Lebanese to live. To live, yes. yes. To, live. to live. And somehow. Yes. So what is the impact of Ukraine then on the situation in Lebanon, on the crisis of Lebanon? I know, Jacqueline, you did some study. You have some information. Yes. Uh, if you speak it slowly, actually, people yes. could digest. We feel bad. Uh, the, the crisis in Ukraine and, you know, you know, it's a shame to see countries being proud of how many people they killed on either side yes. of the equation. But there is an impact uh, in the war of Ukraine on Lebanon. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. Father, uh, 66% of the grain we need is imported from Ukraine and 12% from Russia. So imagine around 78% of our uh, grain, mainly flour, is imported from Russia and Ukraine. Also, more than 80% of our oil, vegetable oil, we also import from Russia and Ukraine. So when the, words happen, the war happened, the, the export from there 
is now impossible because where the export is used to happen, there is war now there and all roads to reach Lebanon, they are cut. So we had a huge crisis. We didn't have flour anymore. We didn't have bread. Bread is an essential Lebanese meal. Every day they need bread. So believe me, Father, some days we waited four hours to reach our turn to have one, one pack of bread. And as a result also now, the bread is like 20 times more expensive and it has less weight and less number of loaves, of loaves inside. And the loaves in Lebanon are, are thin. Imagine, uh, uh, it's like um, a pita bread. So remember, Lebanon is like the pita bread, except it's even thinner than the actual pita bread. Um, and it comes in um, two layers, and you split the layers, basically. So uh, people really have to calculate how much bread they can, they can eat. And in times of crisis, I heard after Ukraine, you couldn't buy bread as much as you liked. No, only right? one, one, uh, one, one, pack. one pack only. And you have to wait minimum three hours to reach your turn. Are we afraid in 2023 that such things would return to hunt the Lebanese people again? They return further at any time. We, we are not safe yet. Uh, because not long time ago, like around one month and a half, we had back the crisis. Because of the crisis, because of the dollar uh, rates uh, changing, and the, the, the shops for bread, they are saying we, we're not gaining any more money from that price. They always want to increase, and everyone, they want to increase the, the price. Mm. They stop uh, giving uh, bread to people. Well, I want to I clarify some information with you, yes. and feel free to search with you or Alex, because I really want people staying with us this morning on uh, Good Sunday morning with Father Andre, prayerfully to consider the facts. Ukraine had internal displaced people. So there was a lot of people who had to leave towns yes. to other towns, yes. just like Lebanon in the 80s. Yes. We had about probably 150,000 Christian people. They had to evacuate from the Shuf area, the mountains of Lebanon, escaping you know, the massacres. Uh, none of you was alive, I guess, was still born in, in 1980s, I guess. I, I was a child at the time. And uh, I think your husband was a little bit, uh, started being born in 1980 or something like that. Uh, but right after that, there was this major crisis where about 150,000 Christian people uh, were forced to leave their homes, their villages. Yeah. Uh, thousands of them were killed, were massacred, were slaughtered by knives, actually, by machetes. Yes. Others were shot, others were kidnapped. Uh, and then whoever was left, they escaped to uh, Biblos, to Kisruan region, so to a place where there is a higher concentration of Christian people. Yeah. And, and there, in the higher concentration of people, till today, people may not have returned to their homes, I guess, in a Shuf area. Yes. So Ukraine has internally displaced the people now. Yes. And then other people left Ukraine altogether. Yes. So people left Lebanon during the war. In 2022 alone, in 2022 alone, 42,000 young Lebanese people, college students, graduated and left Lebanon. So we are suffering, and practically, these are refugees. Practically, these people left because of economic situation, hardship, right? They can't find the jobs. They can't feed their families. So it is a refugee crisis. Yes. Except that because they were professional, they applied into 
professional type of work visas yes. in the world, or they went as visitors and they broke their visas. Yes. So many of the Lebanese people are actually illegal in the world. Yes. They, are, they left Lebanon and they have no status. They go, they might have had the status for six months mm. or for a year. Mm. And after that, they decided to stay and they broke their status. And God knows how they are working in Canada, in Lebanon, in, in, in the United yes. States, in, in Australia, in France, in Germany, um, in all over Europe, actually, uh, in the Arab world. So Lebanon's refugee crisis compared to Ukraine refugee crisis, I do not know if you agree with me, and I like your explanation is actually a long-term immigration. Lebanon suffers on daily basis from immigration. And, and the people are leaving Lebanon on daily basis. Only for the Maronites, 15 million people. This is a country in the last uh, uh, 50 years lost 15 million uh, people to no return, Yes, basically. Go ahead. Father, they also suffered from uh, something due to the crisis. Even yeah, despite the Lebanese, yeah. they actually left in 2021, 2022 and are living now. The actual Lebanese living in the Arab countries and in many European countries, they are getting now half salaries because they are comparing their salaries to the prices in Lebanon. I know many, many people and many Lebanese around, especially the Arab countries, they used to take, for example, $2,000. Now they only earn $1,000. And even if they want to go to these countries now, if they are taking employees from Lebanon now, they are giving them a very low wage because they are comparing that wage will be enough for them in Lebanon, comparing to the ratio of Lebanese to uh, dollar. To the dollar. Yes. Imagine, Father. Even the one working already there since five and ten years in Africa and Arab countries everywhere, Many of them are now getting half their salaries. They say you either get half your salary or return to your country. Wow. Yes. So they're being abused. They're being abused. Father. They're being abused. Yes. They are taken. They are yes. being taken for cheap labor. Yes. Yes. And uh, uh, Alexi, last question. You are an engineer. Gerard is an engineer. You guys graduated from high-level universities. Just for people to understand how much people pay for education in Lebanon. Um, compared in the U.S., you could graduate by paying on yearly basis probably $24,000 for university, $20,000, $17,000 per year. These are the average universities. Uh, if there is room on board, it goes to $34,000 or $40,000. How much does it cost per student in Lebanon to graduate after a four-year program, for instance? About uh, 18000 a year. 18000 university. Not counting your food, not counting your yes. gas, not counting your lodging. Because a lot of people still lodge on university campuses, so it ends up being about twenty-two, twenty-three thousand yes. dollars per yeah. year. And the average salary you're saying, um, uh, Jacqueline, in Lebanon, when we have to pay for our children to go to colleges, twenty thousand dollars, seventeen thousand dollars. What's the average salary for a Lebanese family? Was it nine hundred dollars a year? It used to be, you mean, Father, or no? no? no. Yes, yes, it is. It is nine hundred our maximum. Yeah. Nine hundred thousand dollars a year to a thousand. Yes. It's a maximum, $1,000 a year. year. Yes. The average salary, yes. total accumulative yes. number over yes. 12 months, yes. Yes. a Lebanese person ahead of a family. So imagine how, uh, how many years uh, do you want to work to, to at uh, least... To afford uh, the education. That's a miracle, right? Yeah. That there is a lesson here to learn from the Lebanese crisis. We had a lot of, I guess, solidarity internally. Yes. People are go-getters, I guess. They do take care of each other. 
There is a lesson beyond the vague feelings of solidarity with Ukrainians. I want to admit that the Lebanese people could not feel the pain of Ukraine, could not feel, could not feel the pain of many of the Russian people, I guess. I mean, on both sides, there is many, many, many victims going on. But I think Lebanon is a little bit bitter. We feel being abandoned by the international community. Do you have something to say about that? Lebanese people after the crisis in Ukraine. Yes. I mean, we had the third largest bomb in the war. Yes. There was Hiroshima, there was Nagasaki, and then there was Beirut explosion. Yes. And right a few months after that, we were completely abandoned by the yes. international community yes. and they all went to Ukraine. Are we better about what's going on? Yes, Father, we are. If you see, Father, the situation here, the UN, the United Nations, they are only helping refugees. They're not giving any help. They're to helping Lebanese Syrian people. refugees. Syrian refugees. They're not helping only. none of the Lebanese people. They are people. helping them in food, in, in education. They are giving them monthly salary. They are getting more money than the Lebanese themselves. They are living a better life as a refugees. They get $500 per month. They get free education and they can go to the hospital for free. While the Lebanese are dying in front of the hospitals. While the Lebanese, they don't have food and they don't have even enough money to get their kids to school. So there is a responsibility for the international community. We want to hold them and somehow want them to pay attention. We wish people who are um, helping the mission of hope and mercy in the United States, people, if you have an influence, if you have power, contact your senators, contact your congressmen, contact uh, your leaders, who, who our leaders who are in the U.S. government, tell them, why is Lebanon forgotten? Why are the Lebanese people forgotten? Why, um, I, I, I dare us to ask, why are the Christians in Lebanon forgotten? You know, and, and don't go into the struggle of the class. Don't go into the struggle of religion. You know, religion, I love, Jacqueline, uh, Alexi, thank you for being the surprise on the show. I love us to talk about the difference between having to be religious in Lebanon versus religious freedom in the United States. You know, in the U.S., religion may not matter. It's a private thing. Yeah. But in Lebanon, religion matters, yes. right or wrong. Yes, it so, matters a lot. It's there why? and everywhere. It's there uh, in the politics. It's there in the regions. We have religion is everywhere here in Lebanon. Here. A big text, you know, if you are a Christian, you can get that position. If you are a Christian, you can go to that place. Here in Lebanon, it's based, everything in Lebanon rules. Everything is based on religion. So religion is ex- existential, existential for us. You born knowing about your religion. I want to thank you so much, Jacqueline. I want to thank you so much, Alexi. I want to say, may God bless us all, protect okay. us from all evil. Forgive us all of our sins and may God give success to the works of our hands. Peace in Ukraine, in the United States, in Lebanon and all these refugees, internally displaced people, all of us maybe all find home and our home is with the Lord, with our Savior Jesus Christ. I tell you, my Lord and Savior, stay with us for the night has drawn near. Stay with us, O Lord. Emmanuel, Maranatha, O Lord, come and help us all. Amen. Thanks for joining us today for Good Sunday Morning with Father Andre. Father Andre and his team rely on your prayers and generosity to help feed over 5,000 families in Lebanon every month. Go to missionofhopeandmercy.org to learn more. Your support helps buy supplies from local farms and factories, employ truckers to ship the food, all to let these families know they are not forgotten. Go to missionofhopeandmercy.org and donate today. And join us next week at 9.30 a.m. for Good Sunday Morning with Father Andre. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.